Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello and welcome to the Morning Sports Briefing here on Tuesday the 23rd of June. Japan pulls out of Women's Football World Cup race. Pakistan trio test positive. Warriors players feeling responsible. NZ NBL kicks off and Noose found in stall. Uh, yes, it is a bumper edition of news this morning from around different sports. So it's your best way to start the day up to date with the important sports news. Don't forget that not only can you watch us live on Facebook, on our Facebook page, so do like that so you don't miss out, uh, but you can also listen to us on the move as if you download your uh, the podcast. You can just search for New Zealand Sports Radio on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or your favourite podcatcher. And let's just jump straight into that football news. And uh, yes, Japan, um, one of three countries that were uh, bidding for to host the FIFA Women's Football World Cup um, has pulled out. Uh, this is for the 2023 edition um, of that tournament. Uh, and on the face of it, that will help the Australian uh, and New Zealand bid uh, as, Australia, as, as Australia is part of the Asia uh, Conference or, or the um, uh, region um, rather than the Oceania region, which uh, obviously New Zealand is part of, and the Oceania region has already pledged their support for the bid. So uh, you would hope that this would now bring all of the Asian bids in as well. The only remaining uh, competitor is now Colombia, um, after Brazil um, pulled out earlier, uh, and Brazil has now back, uh, stated that they're backing the Colombia bid. A bit of controversy comes around the way that FIFA or, or the, the scores that FIFA um, has given. Uh, so in the official report, the uh, joint bid between Australia and New Zealand got 4.1 out of 5. Japan got 3.9 uh, and Colombia got only 2.8. Um, so you would have to say uh, that uh, off the FIFA ranking that um, the joint bid between Australia and New Zealand has got to be the favourite um, there. Colombia uh, or the um, uh, the South American Football Federation uh, has um, have uh, written to FIFA complaining about 
the bids um, evaluation, but FIFA stood by their report. Um, FIFA is uh, as committed to it to conduct uh, and in quotes um, an open, ethical, and thorough bidding process. So there you go, uh, and uh, it will include an open vote. Hello, rugby. Do you hear what those are? Open votes. So you know, yeah, so there's no guessing as to who has voted for what um, there. That brings you up to speed with our rugby, uh, sorry, with our football news. I'm going to hand you now over to Arthurin, who's going to take us through our cricket update. Good morning, Paul, and good morning to our viewers and listeners out in the interweb. Yes, as Paul has mentioned, Pakistan trio test positive for, before leaving Pakistan. Yes, as Pakistan prepare to leave for their trip to England, Sharab Khan, Hadif, Harid, Ralph, and Haidia Ali have tested positive for COVID-19. They will now have to undergo a period of self-isolation. And the Pakistan have not Pakistan team have not started training collectively, but the PCB have directed any team members that have been in contact with the trio to self-isolate. Imad Wasim, Usman sorry, Shinwari were also tested but came back negative. Pakistan players and support staff will be subjected to three rounds of COVID-19 testing as well as a host of other precautions before they depart for England. So there's a lot of uh, COVID-19 water to go under the bridge before the uh, Pakistanis step onto that plane to England, obviously, to make sure they've got a squad. And that's why they actually ended up picking close to 30 players for situations exactly like this. Moving on to Australia, and despite CA cutting 40 staff, New South Wales has no plans to let staff go. New South Wales has declined to accept the reduction in grants from Cricket Australia that were suggested by the former Chief Executive Kevin of Cricket, Cricket Australia, Kevin Roberts. In fact, New South Wales is looking to forge ahead with a plan to invest significantly in the game. New South Wales has 90 people employed to deliver critical cricket services to the grassroots, and they are planning to invest and invest hard to grow the game. And coming up this week on Swinging from the Hip, right here on New Zealand Sport Radio, we will be speaking with a current club chairman and former club chairman on what it takes to run a club. And we'll get their views and thoughts on the, the, the difference between Cricket Australia and New South Wales and the different directions that they seem to be taking in this COVID realm. So make sure you join Taryn, Rohit and myself this week on Swinging from the Hip on Thursday, 8pm New Zealand time, right here on New Zealand Sport Radio. And that's our cricket news for today, Paul. Thank you very much, Arshwin. And remember, you are listening to New Zealand Sports Radio. And this evening, we have the return of Do You Know Sport? Um, the best quiz, uh, best sports quiz on New Zealand radio. The only sports quiz on New Zealand radio with the biggest prizes. Absolutely. It's bragging rights. Uh, and uh, Arshwin and Stephen, um, bragging rights are all important. Uh, did uh, Arshwin, ha have you been pointing out how strongly you've been going in the Belarusian Premier League? Or have you... Uh, are you one of those ones that's a good winner, as it were? Humble, humble. Always, always humble. be humble. Always be humble. But yes, it was that we were down. Dynamo Brest were at the bottom of the table there for quite a while, or towards the bottom end. So uh, quite happy to see them now in third position. The big really? soccer fan that I am. <laughs> yeah. our favourite uh, um, football league uh, in the world the Belarusian Football League I'm going to hand you over to Stephen now he's going to take us through our birthdays 
Yeah, no Belarusian League supporters and birthdays today, I've got to say. Uh, guys, good morning, everybody, and welcome to New Zealand Sports Radio. I've got the, the birthdays today, and in birthdays today, a New Zealand women's K1 paddling champion with plenty more highs to come, a middleweight boxer who retired without ever being knocked out or knocked down. Steve Hedemeyer born this day. 23rd of June 1985 in South Auckland, New Zealand, is a retired New Zealand professional boxer. Hedemeyer is a former WBO Oriental middleweight champion and peaked 14th on the WBO world rankings. Hedemeyer has never been knocked out, let alone knocked down in his career. Hedemeyer turns 35 today, is a former New Zealand national amateur champion, winning his title in 2003. And his record, as it stands, is 25 fights, 18 wins, 9 by knockout, 6 Six losses, um, none by uh, knockout and one draw. So there you go, impressive record. Speaking of impressive, Lisa Carrington, MNZM, born this day, the 23rd of June, 1989, is a New Zealand flatwater canoeist. She won gold in the women's K1 200 metres at the 2012 Summer Olympics and 2016 Summer, Summer Olympics, as well as the gold in the same event at the 211 Canoe Sprint World Championships. Carrington was named as New Zealand's senior Māori sportsman and overall Māori sportsperson of the year in 2012. In the 2013 New Year's Honours, she was appointed a member of the New Zealand Order of Merit for services to kayaking. At the 2016 Halberg Awards, she won the Sportsman of the Year and also won the Supreme Award. Carrington celebrates her 31st birthday today and if it wasn't for COVID-19 she would have been competing at the Olympics uh, next year but hopefully the Olympics is still on Paul or was it supposed to be this year currently the Olympics is, is still next year but hey um, let's be honest uh, knowing what's on next week sometimes is uh, difficult to know so trying to predict what's going to be on next year uh, is, uh, is 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 difficult um Moving on and uh, in the live chat, yes, Hugh points out that uh, Cricket New South Wales offers great programmes and giveaways to schools. Uh, and you've got to say, Bay of Plenty Rugby um, have uh, are doing the right thing by uh, handing uh, by everyone who signs up to or registers to play rugby uh, in Bay of Plenty is getting their own rugby ball. So great to see um, that's. Uh, um, uh, that initiative by Bay of Plenty. Uh, make sure that everyone has a rugby ball who signs up to play this year. Also, by the way, um, their merchandise for 2020 is on pre-sale now if you would like to order that from Bay of Plenty. Buck Shelford has come out uh, and um, says that uh, he sees Hoskins Tutu as a good player, but he needs time um, to develop before he'll be ready uh, for uh, to, to, to play at the next level, which obviously is international level. He also rates um, Akiriwani's uh, potential, but he says he needs to make sure his head is in the right place and he's playing for the team, not for himself. But he says, yeah, look, he has, uh, he's, he's, uh, he's uh, got the, the attributes that's required. And he says, look, we need to be playing actual eights, not uh, having just generic back rowers. He says the difference between being an eight and a flanker, especially when it comes to scrum time um, and controlling the ball at the back of a forward moving scrum and yes, we, it's true, we have seen that, uh, haven't we? Uh, that some players can't control that ball and it squirts out, uh, putting their side under pressure. So uh, you can see where he's coming from um, on that one. I'm going to hand you over to uh, Stephen, who's going to take us through our NRL update. 
Yeah, good morning, Paul. Well, we've got some more in the way of Warriors news with all that happened over the weekend. Warriors forward Tohu Harris has admitted the players feel responsible for the club firing head coach Stephen Kearney. Kearney was axed following the team's 40-12 loss to South Sydney on Friday night, a game where the Warriors blew a number of opportunities and struggled defensively. Despite signing a new contract in early 2019 to remain in the role until 2022, the club's management group made the decision to move on from the former Kiwis World Cup winning coach. When you look at the final score, I know it looks bad on the scoreboard, but we felt as players that we had let the coaches down. Harris said the plan was there, we just didn't execute it. We had a number of opportunities where we left points out on the field. To have that, the call they made on the back of that performance, the players, we were the ones that let them down. It's pretty disappointing. I'm feeling for Mooks, that's Kearney, and his family now because I feel personally that it wasn't deserved, especially with the players and how we feel about how we let him down. Kearney delivered the news to the playing group on Saturday afternoon at their base in Terrigal on Australia's Central Coast with assistant coach Todd Payton taking the reins in the interim. And just a, a few more bits on uh, teams that are struggling. Paul Gallant, former Cronulla Shark, the Warriors' decision to sack Stephen Cooney was tough, but if you look at look at the way this NRL season is going, plenty of other coaches will be at risk of joining him. The current discrepancy in the standard of teams and the quality of the games, depending on who's playing, is amazing. The Roosters-Eels game was unbelievable, unbelievable, an extremely high level of footy. Then we've had games like Titans versus Dragons, which at times resembled A-grade. I don't know exactly what's caused the difference between teams and the weaker teams but I knew I do know that rugby league is a results driven business and if you're not winning you're quickly under pressure we've already heard talk about the coaches at the Cowboys Dragons Broncos Bulldogs Titans and Sharks and now the Warriors have made a move Justin Holbrook is the only new to the to the Gold Coast, but he's probably not under too much pressure yet. But nearly the entire bottom eight have some level of scrutiny on their coach's future. We all know it's a strange year with everything going on, but the, the way certain teams have come back from the shutdown has been a chalk and cheese. Just want to take a, a great quote from the great coach, Graham Lowe. There are coaches and there are coaches waiting to be sacked. And unfortunately, this is the case. Our final league story this morning is pertaining uh, to English legend uh, James Graham has confirmed he will quit the Dragons to move home to play for St. Helens for the remainder of the Northern season. Graham likely played his last game for the Dragons against the Titans in around six and will move home to link with his old club for the rest of the season. There were a few scenarios going around and some cause and effect situations back home. I've had to think about things through, basically, Graham said. I had to work out what I wanted to do and what effect it would have back home and also on the Dragons as well. Wasn't it wasn't an easy decision, but this gives me the opportunity to go home and finish my career where it all started and play out the next six months and then move on to the next chapter. Graham played 224 games for St. Helens before moving to the Bulldogs in 2012 and played 186 NRL games as well as 50 tests for England and Great Britain in a peerless professional career and that pretty much wraps or very much wraps up our league news this morning i'll be back tomorrow with more and i'll, I'll throw you back to paul moving st helens have you ever been to st helens paul 
No, I haven't. It's on the wrong side of the Pennines, I'm afraid, um, the, over there in Lancashire, whereas I'm I'm from Yorkshire. So, yes, wouldn't uh, keep, keep it to the wrong side of the Pennines, Battle of the Roses and all of that kind of stuff. Um, it's, it's telling. But um, talking about different performance teams, you've got to say that uh, it, it is a very un, un, unprecedented times. We've already heard about those kind of terms, but all the teams have had to prepare in a different way um, oh, this oh. or this season. Uh, and there'll be those that have got it right and those that have got it wrong. Um, and those that have got it wrong, I think we are really seeing that um, at the moment. Also, um, if you look at Ben uh, Ben Darwin, who does, the, they have, uh, he runs Gainline Analytics. And I saw him quote that actually, uh, if you, using their uh, um, their analytics of how the, uh, the Warriors have built their squad, um, and then uh, actually, they won more games. They won more games than he expected them to. Um, only one, admittedly, um, during their previous head coach. Uh, but yes, he was actually um, performing to par. Um, he wasn't underperforming there. Uh, so you've got to say that, um, yeah, perhaps more uh, clubs need to look more at how they build their, co- their their squads rather than necessarily how they uh, um, how they sack their coaches. Mm. Going to say the stop-start nature of the season, I don't think has helped. Uh, any of these teams, Paul, especially somebody, a, a team like the Broncos who started the season uh, with uh, with two wins but uh, just can't find a trick at, at the minute. And, um, yeah, I can't quite put my, my, my finger at it. It might have a bit to do with sort of preparation, mental state, a, a whole lot of things. But I, I guess the NRL is one of those competitions. Once you do find some momentum, um, you, you get you pretty much get on that role, and some of those the better teams are finding that momentum. I know Paul Gallen mentioned that uh, Roosters uh, Parramatta game, and that really was a was a good uh, a really good game. I see uh, Hugh Rothwell has just put a post up. The coach of the Roosters, Trent Robertson, has said that the COVID experience will lead to changes in the way he runs his preseasons in the future. So uh, yeah, I'll be int- intrigued to know. What that's all about? Will they be going that little bit harder? I know uh, from a Northern rugby point of view, they pretty much went out hard with their training last year and probably felt once the season was done that maybe they had overdone the preseason training because it, it, where the difference is the NRL, I think, is a long season, Paul, and I think maybe sometimes you've got to slowly build onto it, build into it, but what you can't afford is to lose your first sort of half a dozen games because once you do that, I think you're behind the eight ball. Uh, yes, but as, as Hugh says, yeah, uh, yeah, less contacts perhaps and more about learning the connectivity between teams. Teams that have got a settled squad that have been together for a couple of years, I think will have will will, will have been in a, a more advantageous position starting off this season or coming back after the break um, because they know how each other plays. They don't have to learn so much. But anyway, thank you very much, Stephen. Moving on to other sports news now. Uh, and don't forget, folks, you are listening to New Zealand Sports Radio. Uh, last night in the netball, um, the Stars uh, bounced back from their loss to the Pulse on Sunday night to beat the main uh, the, the Tactics 49-43. Uh, the Tactics scoring the exact same number of points as they they scored on Saturday when they beat the Steel, but uh, defensively they could not keep the um, the Stars from scoring. Uh, and uh, yeah, the Stars uh, have now got their first win of the season. So congratulations um, to them there. Our next game is up on Friday. Uh, which is the Tactics versus um, the Magic uh, up in Auckland at 7pm. So next game, uh, that's the next game in the ANZ 
um, Premiership. Moving on and uh, talking of live sport, the uh, uh, the Sal's NBL kicks off this evening. Well, you're not supposed to kick it in basketball, um, but it starts this evening. Um, two games this evening, the Airs versus the Giants and the Rams versus the Huskies. So congratulations to the Sal's uh, and um, NBL. I know they've put a lot of work um, to get this season up and running and they are really trying to get their women's season up and running as well. So there's a lot of work um, going in there. Remember, um, I was part of the draft for these teams this season, but unfortunately didn't get drafted. I could have been playing. Uh, they, they just don't know what they're missing out on. But yeah, do catch that tonight. Um, it's live on Sky Sports. Um, over in the Gulf, and Webb with Simpson um, has won the um, RBC Heritage with uh, 22 under. Um, and so had a chance uh, to birdie the last and to, to, to create a playoff, but just missed. Uh, he finished on at 21 under. And then Hatton and Berger um, with two further shots back. Uh, this was a very uh, exciting last um, day. Um, with uh, at one point six players sharing um, the lead. Uh, but Simpson uh, continues his good form. Uh, he won the last uh, uh, last tournament um, before shutdown um, as well. Um, moving over to the America's Cup um, and uh, race director Ian Murray um, has been talking about how he's going to try and run the event. Um, Auckland has five courses uh, designed for racing. Um, and uh, he says that choosing each course will be dependent on uh, the wind direction of that day. They'll be trying to run it uh, as close to shore as possible. So um, off uh, Takapuna Beach um, and uh, around uh, the uh, North Head on uh, Auckland's North Shore. Uh, so that uh, as many people as possible can watch the uh, racing live. Also, a few other things that have changed is that we have uphill, uh, sorry, uphill, we're on water here, folks, upwind starts um, as well. Um, so uh, there's uh, um, that, that that will be part of it. But he's saying, look, with these um, uh, race boats being so powerful, so quick, and with that tragic crash in training, uh, the last um, over in um, San Francisco, uh, where a, a sailor died, they, they so obviously they'll need to keep this um, as uh, uh, safe as possible um, when you're talking about race, these boats really racing um, on the limit. So it's going to be really interesting to see how it all goes. The lack of testing that the teams have had, the lack of racing against each other, also lead, leads a level of intrigue um, between uh, the, um, because no one knows really what uh, level these boats are at. It's going to be really exciting when it gets on the water. A topic that we were talking about pre-show in the tennis, um, where the Adriana Tour um, has led to um, COVID uh, or, or positive COVID tests. Um, Bulgarian world number 19, um, Dimitriov, uh, has, um, uh, Greek Rioj Dimitriov, um, tested positive for um, coronavirus and pulled out of the last day of the event. The event kept on going, though, and Bora Korik, um, then also tested positive, but he um, after he played on Sunday. Um, 
The players were told that there was supposed to be um, social distancing, uh, but that didn't really uh, seem to take place when uh, Dojkovic put his arm around um, Korik, for example, before their last game on um, uh, on Sunday. The um, Even though the tournament did say that uh, uh, they had been um, taking precautions, uh, the players were seen playing football, uh, basketball, uh, and basically hanging around each other and did not appear to be uh, social distancing. So, um, Dojkovic has not yet been tested. Uh, we'll see how that goes and how many more players at that tournament um, might um, uh, might come down. Uh, in very serious news over um, in the USA, um, in NASCAR, um, Bubba Wallace's um, racing stall, uh, they found a noose um, in there. Um, the uh, the um, NASCAR has come out and said, "We are," and this is to, to um, quote them, "We are angry and outraged and cannot state strongly enough how seriously we take this heinous act." Um, and uh, they are looking to find out who is responsible uh, and uh, eliminate them from the sport. This is in reaction to NASCAR uh, banning the Confederate flag from their races um, and their venues. Uh, and uh, Bubba um, Wallace was uh, one of the people um, who uh, was what well, was the person who was leading um, the call for that. Um, so clearly, uh, it is uh, uh, a very serious thing that's happening over there in NASCAR. Uh, there was somebody flying a small plane over the latest race, saying "defund NASCAR." Um, as as well. So, uh, look, it is um, uh, yeah, the issues over in the states um, with I mean, Bob Wallace's car uh, that uh, has the Black Lives Matter um, logos on it um, as well. Uh, you've got to say, uh, yeah, it is causing uh, well uh, a lot of things, and let's hope people can sit down and talk uh, and sort out um, these issues, and also find that person who put that uh, news in there. They need to be yes, they need to be banned from uh, from all of that. Um, you have now started the day. The best way up to date with all the important sports news. Don't forget to join us this evening at eight pm um, for Do You Know Sport, um, and we'll be back tomorrow morning at seven am with. The morning sports briefing. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry shampoo, Chantilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.